Order like a saint at Raising Cane's with tailgates of hand-battered chicken fingers and cane sauce and jugs of freshly made tea and lemonade. You can guarantee victory for every game day meal. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. (laughs) Official chicken finger of the Saints. Let's go to the radio side of things and click in Bill WD-40 so that way he can lube us up for tonight's show because you always want to go into a show nice and smooth. Just nice and smooth. I have this one eyebrow hair. Like, where is it? It's like, you know when an eyebrow hair gets in your eyes and you can never pluck it because, like, you can never find it? Yeah, that's what I'm going through right now. These are my first world problems right now is that damn eyebrow hair that keeps cutting into my eyesight. Oh. Oh. What it's like to be beautiful. The problems that I have. Magneticus, how are you? And uh, let's see here. Debster, thank you for the lovely super chat. And welcome back to the show, Debsta. All right. Once again, super chat is open. Bill WD40 is in there. Hey, Michael Morris, what's happening, my man? And uh, let's see here. Oh, we're caught up. What the hell? Hey, go to our website, spaceoutradio.com. Do some shopping at our store. Why? Because our swag isn't ugly. Not like other shows and groups and everything. We got nice swag. Here we go. Horns up. the mountains of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live at kpnl all of our archives are free join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world... happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. It's one of those fun shows that we do near the beginning of each month as our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection are back, and we will get to Keith momentarily. Then in hour number three, Steve Stockton will have another spooky story from Among the Missing, followed up by little Timmy Senor and the UFO Report. All right, let's get to Keith, shall we? Our Keith Andrews is a lifelong experiencer who has literally experienced everything from the paranormal, supernatural, ufological, and extraterrestrial since childbirth. He now helps those who cannot help themselves when it comes to this subject. He helps counsel people to understand and get used to the idea that they are in contact, that they are being visited, 
and sometimes they even go off planet. But tonight we're going to take a little bit of a different turn with Keith because it's Halloween month. So not only are we going to get into aliens with Keith, but we're going to get into everything from witches and warlocks to black-eyed kids to poltergeist activity, paranormal activity, the shadows that walk around your house, and even Keith's beautiful sideburns. We're going to get into everything tonight. Our Keith Andrews, it is always a pleasure to have you on Spaced Out Radio, my man. How are you? Actually, not doing too terribly bad there, Dave, and thanks so much for having me. I cannot believe the number of people in this room already. It is kind of crazy on the YouTube side. It gets that way for you, my man. So it seems, and yet I'm still looking at it going, doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm really not that different from anybody else. Oh, but if you if you add in the power of those sideburns, I'm telling you. Yeah, we're going down for those ones. Mm-hmm. Believe you me, man. If the radio side could see how beautiful your sideburns were, they'd be tuning into YouTube in no time. We'd have like 200,000 subscribers just like that. Well, that would be an intriguing experience. You know, I find that, like I do find with this number of people, if I'm out and about in in, uh, in a crowd, if I'm not actually working, I don't deal with the crowd well at all. It's just not my cup of tea at the best of times. Well, I hear you. I do hear you, my friend. And uh, let's get right to it because, you know, we know once the audience gets going, they are going to have a plethora of questions for you tonight. And, of course, I'm going to kick things off with the fact that here we are. We're 10 months into the year, and it's the spooky month of October, where all of a sudden, all the ghost stories and all the weird, strange stories that people have experienced over their lives that they hide for 11 months of the year come out in conversation in this month. And we're going to hear a little bit of everything. I mean, Keith, one of the biggest, biggest debates out there is whether or not everything is connected. Whether or not the phenomena is segregated by UFOs and aliens or cryptids or ghosts or near-death experiences or witches and warlocks and whatever may come of it. But I tend to believe that it is all connected under one mantra that we call the phenomena. Where do you stand on that? Absolutely agree with you. You take all of what you just listed, add to it this funny thing called life. And you've got a reasonably complete picture. You know, it actually makes total logical sense once you start looking at the subquantum magnetic flux. But that's a whole different discussion that we have to get into. But it is literally physically all connected. And and what, what about, why do you think people want to segregate everything? Well... Everybody, first of all, we got to start with the idea. And when I talk about everybody, I don't mean just humans. I mean, every corporeal race and incorporeal race I've run into all desire to be something special, something that stands out. Unfortunately, where it comes to humans, most people have been now taught that you've got to be able to stand out without doing anything. You know, Now, do understand, every single individual out there is special, is unique in their own way. You know, they've all got their own strengths. But we're taught 
that if you don't really stand out, I mean taught from childhood, parents, the pedagogical system, the, you know, the spiritual side, even in the ufology department, we're all taught you've got to stand out in a certain fashion. Right. Which is extremely misleading, in my opinion, but that's what drives people to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if there's an easy way to put it, but what we've got to do is stop looking at what makes us different and start looking at what makes us similar. You know, to start building that bridge that we're that we've all essentially decimated. I can see that. I can totally see that, my man. And, you know, one of the things that I think is going to be a lot easier to try to solve all of these mysteries if we start finding those connections and what brings everything together. Ultimately correct. But, you know, the funny thing there, Dave, is you just hit the nail on the head just as you started off, you know, by acknowledging the fact that it literally is all connected. Because until you accept the fact that until you accept the possibility that it's all connected, you're going to have a problem connecting it. So is it just narrow mindedness or personal belief as to why people don't want to connect them all? Politely put, it's both. Unfortunately, mankind, and I'll, I'll stick to the human race doing it and scrap everything else outside, but mankind has, has been taught and took it hook, line, and sinker that, number one, the leaders of the spiritual movement, as in the churches, temples, covens, whatever, and the so-called elites, the people that have money, are the ones that determine what is real. You know, if you don't measure up to their stick, you're not measuring up. You know, and then we're taught you've got to change the big picture. Instead of being taught, take a look at the way your life is. If you're not content with your life, if there's something that doesn't make sense, start questioning, regardless of what's being told to you. Start questioning until the answer makes sense for you. Okay. You know, this whole idea that it should be this way, the second somebody tells me something should be this way inclined, I look at them and go, should doesn't work. That's somebody else's assessment. Now, do understand, I'm on your show, and therefore the rules you lay out and the guidelines you lay out, those are the ones that I do my best to follow. Needless to say, not always successfully. You know, but it is, it really is a question of everything being connected. You know, there, there's that rule of, of saying that six degree rule, meaning everybody knows everybody else in existence with only six degrees, as in, I know you, you know somebody, go six people down the road and we get back into somebody knowing me. Right. Well, that isn't just relegated to the human world, to the human race. That is relegated to the entirety of third dimensional existence. Strange. Okay, so where do where do creatures or or cryptids like the black eyed kids or 
or gargoyles and ghouls and goblins come into play? Well, number one, they started off they started off real, but because people couldn't explain them, you know, when you start looking at gargoyles, they they determined, you know, they didn't understand what gargoyles really were. Okay, so back in the Middle Ages, because gargoyles usually appeared as a fearsome as a fearsome entity, they figured if we put this fearsome thing on our parapets on the castle, that this would scare away the demons. Now, there's a very big difference between demons and demons. Demons were, in a nutshell, created by the church. Demons are a whole different ballgame. You know, but they started, they looked at the, they looked at the, at the gargoyle and went, it looks scary to humans. Therefore, it's got to scare away the demons and thereby protect us. Okay. Little did they understand what they were actually doing. You know, little did the people at that time understand that with what they were actually up to. But when you get to the when you get to the gargoyles, that's where they initially came from. The black-eyed children. I only just re just recently un uncovered an interesting piece of information. As we know, all things at least it stands to reason that everything, you know, that everything's at full grown starts off younger okay starts off smaller like let's face it a cow is not born at full size thank heavens okay well black-eyed children are they are children of another of another race we call them black-eyed children because well frankly they're black-eyed and they're about the size of children what i only just uncovered the information on is what they really are now, there's a race out there that we refer to as watchers. They literally stand by and simply record what's going on. Black-eyed children are the watchers young. Okay, so they start off observing firsthand, and then as they get older, they move further out of the, out of the contact line. But again, and of course, when we look at the cryptids, understand a cryptid is, in essence, an unidentified, an unidentified entity. Okay, you know, people call the call. Some people refer to Bigfoot as a cryptid. Okay, for the longest time, he was considered to be a complete myth, and then people started finding him. Right. And again, as they become more common knowledge, you're no longer dealing with a cryptid, very much like your UFOs. If you know what they are, they're no longer a UFO. But when you look at it, you look up in the sky. If you don't know what a hawk is and you see it up there, you see a bird flying overhead, you don't know what it is. It's a UFO. It's an unidentified flying object. And ultimately, that's what boils down to. But we're taught that if you don't understand it, it's, it's something far more special. You know, essentially, as we understand more, you end up with less and less of the mystery is what we're taught to believe. 
the reality is, and you know this yourself, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but the more you find out about the about the paranormal, about the different you know cryptids that you've looked into, as you find out a little bit about them, you find out there's a lot more questions that you've got regarding the same subject. Oh. Yeah, and this is this so, is literally the same thing. So like, where does, I discovered a long time ago. So where does something? Where does some some creature like black eyed kids come from then? Ultimately, it's because the watchers, like a black eyed child, is literally a young watcher, and politely put, it comes from its parents, and then begins the process of observing. But because they're children, they will get a lot closer to people than the actual watchers will. The black-eyed kids will come right up to you and look you up and down. And just like a human child, they don't have the fear, they don't have the, shall we say, the social protocols down. So they get a lot closer. But they are simply another race. They're just not human. Hmm. Okay. So trolls under a bridge, they exist? Yeah, they definitely do. Okay. But trolls are not, you know, number one, trolls are not what runs around in the, in the chat room on occasion. Okay. But trolls are not all nine foot tall drooling, you know, monsters. Some trolls are very short but they still tend to hide. It's not so much they like hiding under the bridge as they like having a roof over their head. Primarily, not you know, there's a, a theory that a troll will turn to stone in, in daylight. Not entirely correct. What it is is they go almost totally blind and are afraid to move. So thereby, hiding under the bridge, they can see. You know, they stay to the shadows. It's because of extremely sensitive optic nerves. You know, uh, but do trolls exist? Yes, but they are not those fine little guys that are yay tall with really spiky hair. <laughs> All right, our Keith Andrews, I think it's time to turn it over to our audience here. As the questions build up, we start off with Millennium asking, what do the off-worlders call us? Earthlings, humans, Terrans, dinner? Well, sometimes Earthlings, most of them refer most of them refer to us to Solarians. Although there are some that will refer to you, like the Teclec, for instance, do call do call humans dinner or snack food or any number of of words that go hand in hand with that. You know, there are there are some and I'm not talking a species that see it this way, but some of the different of the individuals do refer to humans as a virus, as a direct threat to their existence. Okay. And yes, there have been petitions to wipe Earth out. Okay, because the because the animals are uncontrollable. Which is essentially correct. You know, let's face it, mankind does not follow, you know, three people don't follow the same rules. 
but that's a few of the things. You know, only the ones that in the only ones that actually technically refer to to uh, Earthland to humans as Earthlings are the ones that actually have either studied Earth itself or come and visit it to find out that that's what they are. Okay. Many will refer to them as humans, or some refer to them and refer to us as humans. But that has more to do with a with a pronunciation problem than a different name. I can see you calling us humans. That just sounds funny. That just <laughs> I, I've called people a lot of things over the years. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on here, Keith. We got another question coming from Voices, who has about eighteen hundred questions for you so far. Keith, do all the ghosts and ghouls get more active during Halloween month? Absolutely not. Um, quite frankly, what happens is people start paying attention more to them, and therefore. You know, some of them do get a little bit more active, a little bit more, um, shall we say, ambitious. Because all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's actually tapered down recently, like in the last decade or so. But they used to get a lot more active when people actually went out of their way to dress like ghouls and goblins and, you know, the, the more frightening characters. Because then the ghosts and the ghouls would look at it and go, Hey, we can fit in now. Now, so many people are caught up with the idea of let's, you know, let's make a a fairy princess for a for a costume. Well, ghouls do not look good in a tutu. Okay. <laughs> All right. I get you there. And I would support that. All right, let's go to voices again. Keith, which aliens have four arms? At Arizona State University, we offer a variety of programs online designed and taught by a renowned faculty to empower your success. That's why 87% of ASU online graduates stated they were promoted or received an increase in salary after earning their degree. Visit asuonline.asu.edu. At Arizona State University, we've made online education better, smarter, and more personalized so you can go further in your aspiring field. I decided to pursue medicine once I realized that ASU did have the online program for biological sciences. You're still required to learn the same curriculum. You're still being tested on the same content that anyone would be tested on in person. The comprehensiveness of the program prepared me so well for medical school. Explore over 300 programs at asuonline.asu.edu. Well, let's see. The Vulcans have three. Um, there is now, are they, Mar I'm just trying to think. I know they live, they actually live on Mars and I haven't got the name for you right, right off hand, but there is a secondary race that, that lives on, on Mars. I believe, and I haven't talked to them recently. I believe they still refer to themselves in, in general as Martokians. Okay. These guys are in Stanio, they are closer to the nine foot mark. But that's because essentially they've got a double set of ribs. It's not just four arms they've got. They've got an entire set and done a dual set of internal organs. You know, and I mean it's a very weird setup the way they deal with things. Because that and I am actually including those ones. Whoop. I am actually writing those ones and 
filling in details on those ones. Um, but they only have two legs, but they everything else is is doubled up. Well, everything in the torso is doubled up. Hmm. But these people are much more combat oriented than you might think. And as you can well imagine, not a good idea to pick a fight with. All right, let's move on. Let's go over to, let's see here, Sabrina. Humanity is indoctrinated into a cult mentality labeled as their society, trained to accept, conform, and comply with whatever their society dictate, dictates they think, say, and do. What's your thoughts, Keith? I essentially agree. People are being taught if you do not agree to what the general society you're living in says, then you're an outcast. The intriguing part is when that happens, you end up with a say with a sub society. Okay, problem. If that sub society does not uh, does not set up laws and agree and and acceptance levels that are that are equal for everybody it too will fracture. And that result, we have what today's society has done. Weird. But I know, you know what, you're right, though. You're right, though. You look at how many people, you know, when one person has a Tesla, they all have to go have Teslas now, you know, or somebody has, oh, yeah. a, has a new uh, Louis Vuitton bag, everybody's got to have one. It's just the way society is. Think for yourselves, well, people, as we get ready for the second half hour of Spaced Out Radio. With our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection, we will return with more of your questions and comments on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. Holy mackerel, did that go by in a hurry? No kidding. You know, I mean, you think about it, and I was looking into it just the other day. The diamond, they say it's the one of the, a girl's best friend. Right? Mm-hmm. But my understanding is diamonds are one of the most common rocks on the planet. And yet they're one of the most pricey when you try and buy them. That literally boiled down to a marketing genius. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So what else you know, is good? I mean, so, uh, you know, let's get the camera close there. Let's give everybody a quick update on the sideburns. Looking beautiful as usual. Well, we can, we can safely say that is, you know, that's actually my father's fault. My father had sideburns all the way until about a week before he died. Yo, know, but like I've told people, from you know, my my beard and mustache go from time to time because I get bored with it, or it gets itchy because it's too hot. The sideburns, they're just there. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Stephen Finnegan in the UK. Um, Nikki in Seattle. And you got Anna's question there. 
Toakland, how you doing? And Joanne, welcome to SOR Chat. She's a big fan of your sideburns right there. Oh, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. John Temperine, <laughs> how you doing? That's just terrible, Ian. Remember, people, there is no charge of inflation on your questions here. There is no carbon tax on your questions. So just fire them away. We'll get them to Keith. Nina Williams, how are you? kind of empty david lopez yes yeah. oh hello ross dogs what's happening <clears throat> you on the night shift tonight where's the rest of your crew tell me jimmy is that a roll in a hurry our Keith is not a smoker. No. It's the one thing I never did smoke. Or a midnight toker. No. He, he is a joker, though. Well, you know, people tell me I am, but I'm looking and going, I really don't see what I'm saying is funny. Just wait until... Uh, wait for this question from Stephen, okay? Yeah. Toothbrush, what's happening? Neil Warden, there he is. Give us a wave there, Neil Warden. I prefer the gangster of love picks... But Space Cowboy does work well. It kind of suits the mood. Big thank you tonight to Louie, Debster, Pam H., and Stephen for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love and support. Thank you to everybody who has uh, hit subscribe, rang that bell this week, tonight, this month. Shut up, Captain Dave. Damn, I thought... A sweet way to get to Reno paid for, so piss away. Hey, dude, of course. I didn't say anything, man. I didn't say anything. Don't be blaming me there, the Doug Shelby. The Doug Shelby. You better get your ass there. Saddest Vodka, welcome to SOR chat. Right, do you have enough shots to go around for all of us? And remember, people... You can join our Patreon club, SOR Space Travelers, right now on Patreon. The link is in the description below. And if you go to our website, spacedoutradio.com, we got great-looking swag there, okay? We don't have ugly swag. Not like the other shows. Our swag is nice. Hey, Reality, how are you? Here we go.
Here we go with the second half hour of Space Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. What's happening out there in the world? want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. You do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio uh, Show, and join us on Patreon in the Space Travelers Club. Yeah, that's the SOR, Space Travelers Club. I'm all over the place. You know what, Keith? I'm going to be honest with you. I am on salt overload right now. I am so thirsty. My lips are sticking together. Don't like when that happens. This is what, you know what? I pigged out tonight. I literally went hog wild tonight. There's a gourmet burger shack in town called GBR. Okay. They're called the Great Revolutionary Burger. Or pardon me, Great Burger Revolution. It sounds almost like the Mac 3 down here. Or gourmet, sorry. It's Gourmet Burger Revolution. And they're fantastic burgers. Okay, like fresh patties cooked right in front of you. Well, my eyes were bigger than my stomach. I pounded back to... Patients first. You hear it a lot in healthcare, but you don't always see it. That's where physician associates come in. PAs go the extra mile to make you the priority, using their medical training and expertise to address your specific health needs and taking the time to listen, explain, and follow up. Every day, physician associates go beyond to ensure that you receive the care you deserve. See how they're redefining healthcare at pasgobeyond.com. Hear that? That's the sound of your money slacking. Make it work harder for you at Sunbelt Federal Credit Union. Featuring high-yield certificates of deposit with just a $500 minimum deposit. Like 10 months with 5.27% annual percentage yield. And 18 months with 5.33% annual percentage yield. Visit your nearest Sunbelt branch or go to sunbeltfcu.org. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. With them burgers. Okay. Then I went full frontal on the, on the poutine. Okay, I am stuffed. I never eat that much, but I went absolutely stupid crazy tonight. And now I'm bloated and I'm drinking a ton of water because I'm thirsty. I'm like all over the place right now, man. All over the place. Well, there you go. You get used to it after a while. (sighs) I'm telling you, it's not a good night for Dave. Not a good night at all. All right, let's continue. You can play with it a little. I just know I'm probably going to get up about (laughs) seven times overnight having to go to the bathroom because of all the water I'm drinking. All right, let's continue on here. Let's go to Stephen in the UK. Keith, do you consider yourself human as you've always referenced humans as you or they? I let other people decide on that. What I do know is it is literally physically impossible for me to think like other people. My healing rate, the doctors can't even begin to connect with. And there's so many anomalies. Somebody else gets to figure out what the classification is, because I'm not going back to my labs for them to figure it out. 
All right. You know, I simply look at myself and go, I am that I am. All right, let's go to Darth. Keith, with Halloween coming up, do the aliens celebrate holidays like we do? Christmas, does it resonate with them like it does here with us? Um, I sort of have to give that in two parts. Some of them absolutely do. But when you're talking about a, like they have their own holidays. A lot of them are freedom days, as much like our our Independence Day, you know, or or Remembrance Day. Where it comes to Christmas, as it were, the ones that are living on Earth or that have spent time on Earth and got to know some of the customs have certainly carried them over to their own worlds. So, yes, humans have had an impact on the intergalactic scene. You know, and they certainly have other holidays. They don't have this idea. Uh, the one thing I haven't seen a lot of is, oh, this is a day where the government takes a day off, ever. It's a, it's a question for them. You get into government, you don't get a holiday until your term is finished. Because you're working for the society. It's one of the sacrifices that they choose to make. You know, when you take, and now that is in their worlds. Like I said, here, if they if they are here, many of them will follow certain traditions. You know, do they put as much weight behind a lot of it? No. Okay, let's move on. Let's go to Big Dog down in Arizona. I do housekeeping for a living, Arizona Cardinal Stadium. So do other beings or aliens like sports on Earth, if so a kind? Well... There's a lot of them, that, uh, most of the ones watching the sports on Earth absolutely feel that the, that the sports are way, too, are way too tame. As in, not enough bloodshed, not enough death. Okay. And of course, as I got told one day, well, if there's no death on the battlefield, a.k.a. the sports field, where do you get your snacks from? You know, but... They do thoroughly enjoy, they thoroughly enjoy um, three, what amounts to three-dimensional wall ball. Okay, where it comes to, um, where it comes to the, to the racing, you know, to things like your, like your um, car racing, they love those, but they want them with the demolition. Because most of the people watching the sports, and I mean, I'm referring to, whatever race most of them look like and look at it going it's exciting but it needs to have a little bit more action to it you know so yeah they, there are a lot that enjoy sports there are a lot they you know they've got a game and i forget right off the top of my head what the name of it is but i do have it written down where they have a game of chess that is a live action chess game. Very much like, very much along the same idea as what football would be. Okay, you got two teams, they're going up against each other. But when you're looking at live action chess, okay, you get the right person in the pawn position, they can actually take out a knight. Okay, or they can take out 
you know, and they they can take out another another bishop when you know you just have to get in the right position. But if they survive the game, then they get promoted to a new you know to a new team. You know, it's it's a lot more physically demanding. Like chess for for humans, we sit down and you move little pieces around. When you're talking about live action chess, about the triphasic. What you and the reason it's called that, by the way, is because you can put a, a player into a into a phase a phase hold where they can't do anything, but you also can't remove them for X number a number of turns. Sounds like fun. Well, let's face it; it's not for the weak of heart. <laughs> you know. Okay, let's continue on here. Let's go to another question. And this one comes from, oh, let's go to voices. Keith, can reptilians speak plain English? I don't think, I don't think humans can speak plain English. They have one heck of an, of an accent, and many of them have a massive, a massive lisp. But, yes, they can speak. They can speak you know, whether it's English, German, French, depends on where they are. But yes, they, some of them do speak Terran languages, and they are certainly capable of learning. All right, let's, uh, let's continue on here and let us go to uh, Corey. Do black-eyed children emit radiation? Technically, the answer would be yes, but not at a level that's going to have any impact on humans. And the the way of identifying them as individuals is because of the of the radiation they that they emit. Kind of like humans have a fingerprint. All right. Now, can that radiation hurt humans? No, and this is why, and this is why I said it it has no viable bearing on humans. Even on the even on the minimal level, it doesn't do anything. So, do you need to fear them from that standpoint, or from any standpoint for that matter? No. Do understand, humans give off a give off a magnetic signature. And all the black-eyed children do is they give off a radionic one instead of, you know, instead of just a magnetic one. Okay, let's. I get... will tell you this: it makes it a lot easier to keep security levels, you know, contained. Sure. All right, Keith. This is from Voices again. Is there an entity with a jack-o'-lantern as a head and a humanoid body? In a manner of speaking, the answer is yes, but we are not talking about the about the the chap that's got the an actual human body. We are talking about an arborean. Okay, it's a a subrace of of arboreans, but what you're looking at is literally a walking. You're literally looking at a walking um, pumpkin. Talk about pulling a stupid blank. Okay, there are some races that literally, you know, if you look at it, he walks around. You know, some of his, some of his, 
of his plant limbs make him look human. Does he ride a horse? No. Something to do with the fact that he just doesn't have the balance. Have you ever watched the way these things walk? It's more of a staggering walk or a balancing act, if you will, than anything else. So what's happened is somebody saw one of these things and turned it into a horror story from, you know, that is just something bizarre. Okay, let's continue on here, Keith. Voices again. What would happen if a human asked a reptilian to go on a date? Really? Well, yeah, really. Hey, <laughs> very simple. Number one, if the human turns around and asks, it depends on the reptilian. Okay, some reptilians will go on a date with you because they figure it's a free meal. This is not the reptilian you want to go on a date with. Because rest assured, they're not looking at this as though you're going to a restaurant and buying them a meal. You know, that would be the tech like I would not recommend going on a date with them. Okay, but if we start looking in the Chitwari, which are the only reptilian-based race that I know of that actually has four fingers and a thumb, yeah, they will quite readily, if they like the individual, they will quite readily... Hear that? That's the sound of your money slacking. Make it work harder for you at Sunbelt Federal Credit Union. Featuring high-yield certificates of deposit with just a $500 minimum deposit. Like 10 months with 5.27% annual percentage yield. And 18 months with 5.33% annual percentage yield. Visit your nearest Sunbelt branch or go to sunbeltfcu.org. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. What if you could choose a medical provider who makes you the priority? A provider who truly listens to your concerns, answers your questions, and explains your treatment. A provider who sees you as more than just their next patient. For more than 50 years, physician associates have been going beyond for patients, providing high-quality care that's as personal as it is comprehensive, giving you the confidence that when you see a PA, their only priority is you. Learn more at PAsGoBeyond.com go on a date. Now, at this point, it will be underground because they are not ready to reveal themselves completely to the surface world. And the answer, the obvious answer to the side of that is would that potentially create or could it potentially create a naturally conceived hybrid or half-breed is more to the point. And the answer is yes. They are genetically compatible. Okay, within reason, although there are some hiccups that end up showing up. Okay, let's go to Rose. Keith, when will the visiting of these beings begin? I thought it already had. Um, roughly speaking, about a hundred billion or about a hundred million years ago. Maybe a little longer. It's been going on forever, essentially. As far as human races go, it's been going on since way before the, the dawn of the dinosaurs. You know, you got to remember, humans are not the center of this world. And they are not the only beings that have been here. You know, so these, these off-worlders have been coming here 
since since the planet was first built. Actually, since it was first even started to be built, before it, it had a, a true solid form. Now, presumably, um, I presume that Rose is actually asking when are they going to make them known to the general public? And that, as near as I understand, has essentially already been done. Okay, when when I did my last looking into it, globally, well, from the states alone, apparently 62% of people believe that aliens are already here. And if you take that and extrapolate around the world, when you've got 62% of the general populace accepting that aliens are real, we have full disclosure. It's already happened. We don't require a government to come out and say, hey, it's real. It's like we don't require a government to come out and say, or some some well-educated individual coming out and saying, hey, just so you're aware, if you step off the 14th floor, gravity is going to make a mess of your of your body. You know, the fall won't kill you, but that sudden stop at the baseline at the baseline will. You know, so they have been around pretty much forever. All right, let's go to Cat the Kit. What's the alien vacation spot to visit here on Earth for the aliens? Depends on the... I mean, again, we have this problem of it being such a wide array. Some of them like going to the swamps. Some of them like going up to literally the top of Mount Everest. Okay. Or into the deepest, darkest parts of, of Africa. You know, it really depends on the individual. You know, I know of a number that actually like going like going swimming at the bottom of the Marianas Trench, which, by the way, is a complete civilization. But mankind's going to be a while getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never want to be... Uh... Have a trouble getting there. All right. Darth again, Keith. Phil Schneider talked about the alien firefight with soldiers in at the Dulce, New Mexico base. Do you have any knowledge about what occurred there, if it even did? Man, we haven't talked about Phil Schneider in years, man. Years. I don't even know the man, but I know the fight. In the Dulce, in the Dulce base, they have people that they have... Um, they have a variety, number of off-world captains. This was a small group of people, of off-worlders, that were trying to get them back. Okay, because, yes, Dulce does have a dampening field that stops the amount of relocation that would normally be used to retrieve them. You know, that's what that boiled down to. Now, what the body count was, I got no idea on that one. But I do know there's been a few attempts at, at retrieving, at retrieving captive and captive offworlders. Okay, thankfully there is a standing order; they cannot do this on force, like on mass. Otherwise, we wouldn't have any captive offworlders on the planet at all. 
Because they'd simply turn the planet and turn the mountain upside down to get at it. I mean, you think about it. There's a cute little there's a cute little race called Archons that literally can grab could come down if they were permitted could come down grab hold of the mount of of the uh, mountain that Dulce is in grab the mountain and only using two hands well we'll call them hands turn the whole mountain upside down to go after what's inside but they have been forbidden to do this. Bear in mind, the Archon are bigger than the planet, making getting in the small ones gained down here wouldn't be a big problem. Okay, we got under five minutes to go here before we have to go to break here at the top of the hour. Our Keith Andrews, here comes Blue Cruise's question. Are there ogre aliens, ETs, similar in appearance to the Dungeons & Dragons character? Um, basically what you're talking about is the Anunnaki. So I guess the answer would be yes. The Anunnaki come in many, many different races. Just like humans come in many different races. The Anunnaki are what you would consider ogres or giants. Okay, and yes, they come in that many varieties. To me, I've always looked at what and what Gary Gygax, you know, or more to the point, what Arneson and Hardicane did before Gary Gygax came along. And somebody in there had some real solid contact. Because a lot of what you see there are literal renditions of, of races that are either literally from Earth or from another planet. Depending on which way and which animal we're referring to. Mm-hmm. Yo, so yeah, they they absolutely are, or absolutely they exist. All right, let's continue on with Anna. Do you agree, Keith? Most aliens seen are from our Earth and not outer space. Um. You know, that really is a flip of the coin. You know, would I say most of them? Quite probably, because a lot of the ones that you see in the woods are from here. They are what what I term as ancient races, which means they evolved here. But when you start looking at the the ships that are traveling around, most of those are off-world. They are not from Earth. And yes... Humans have, by have, reverse engineered a number of the craft, but not to the level that they would like. Should we try and squeeze in one more? I think we can. Absolutely. I think we can. All right. Let's go to voices. Are you related to any of the Greek gods, Keith? Or is it just not your sideburns? Aware of. How about your sideburns? Are no, they? I'm personally aware of them, but I didn't know a number of them. Your sideburns? How about them? Um, the closest thing to related to a god that would be would be related to my father, and I somehow don't see him as a god either. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I loved him a lot. Still do, but he's dead. 
But no, I knew a number of the Greek gods, the Roman gods. Yes, I've been around for a while. And you get to figure out just how that fits. But as far as I'm aware, was I ever related to any of them? No. I did, however, set a few of them off. Or was that flip them off? Well, talking tough with them middle fingers there, Keith. Talking tough, all right. Let's I can't see. even do that. Let's see if we can... That's the sad part. The closest I can come to there is this way, which isn't considered as bad. All right. Uh, Supernova wants to know, what can you tell us about the planet Zin- Z- Zindaki? Zindaki? Hey, but it actually be pronounced Zindaki. Whatever. Let's just get to it. <laughs> from my understanding of Zindaki, first of all, it's a wildland from hell. Uh, okay. A lot of what is there, whether we are talking plant or we are talking animal, doesn't matter. It's still going to try and do you in. This is one of those planets that is, it's a wonderful place to visit if you like safaris. It's not a great place if you're thinking of setting up home. Why is that? Well, because the poor little thing, when it gets hungry, will open a sinkhole and swallow your entire neighborhood. Oh, nice. That's how it eats. <laughs> it's pretty much the, the reality behind that one. But Zendaki is not in our neighbor, in our um, astronaut, in our astronomical area. All right, Keith, hold on right there. Hold them sideburns. Our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection continues on Spaced Out Radio. So we have Keith for another hour here on the Mighty SOR. We will be right back with more of your questions. Stay tuned. Doing well tonight, man. Good questions. Yeah, some very odd. Mm-hmm. Can't kick out of the night. Dave goes, how come Dave has horns? Dave has horns? Yeah. Where's Dave? Well, your hair in a couple of places is standing up. Oh, yeah, 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 I guess so. I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Kawhi Snyder, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Random Gee, how's it going? Hmm. <coughs> All right, Keith, uh, do you want to hang out in the chat room or you want me to put you in the green room while I quickly run out? Oh, I'm not running off anywhere. All right, you hang out with the chat. So, uh, any of the questions that show up, I will not bother answering. Those are your department. Yeah, don't don't answer, ask Keith any questions that I'm going to ask. No, the way I look at it, guys, you know, um, I wonder if I've actually got it here. Um, where are we? Okay, that didn't work. Take that one and open that up. And that opens, so I get it over here. But, see, the thing is, you know, people keep asking me, you know, like I was on my own live stream today. 
And I had three people during the live stream ask if I was coming back on here tonight. And the reality is, I've been on Space Out Radio the first the first Friday of every month for over eight years now. And honestly, I've got no interest in shutting it down. You know, I know some of the questions you guys ask, you want the inside the inside scoop, or at least that's the way it comes across. Um, I ended up with an interesting little complication today. Somebody accused me of being insincere and, in my opinion, worse, accused me of being a troll. Now, I'm a lot of things. Outspoken, opinionated, shall we say a little short-tempered in certain areas? Certainly. But the reality is, you know, I, and because of the requests I got and I got handed to me over the years, I finally decided to step out of the shadows altogether. And all I can do, because I don't research anything, just before somebody comes out with with the question of, well, have you researched this? I don't reach any research much of anything at all. Okay, so what I'm talking about are literally the experiences I personally go on that I personally have lived through. And it's up to other people to decide whether that makes sense. You know, from my standpoint, you know, there's a, what I see is a lot of, if you will, forced or imagined segregation. Okay. Um, you know, they, and, and what I mean by that is people keep finding ways, new and exciting ways, to make yourself less, you know, less of a unified front. This does not work well. Where it comes this whole idea of, you know, where it comes this whole idea of when are humans going to be invited into the consortium as full members. That is going to require the major majority of people being of a unified mind. In other words, accepting that regardless of your, of your race, your skin color, who you're crawling into bed with, who you're voting for, regardless of all those. You have to start looking at the at humans as one species. And right now, mankind is nowhere near doing that. You know, so, I mean, this is why it's like I tell people on my own stream. I return to this world for one reason and one primary reason only. Okay. And, you know. The, the reality of that is I came here to simply remind people that working together, we can make this a better world for virtually everybody. Now, I noticed a question I think that was, it was more of a comment. The one thing we have to realize in this, in this field, especially in this, in this stream and in my live stream, there are certain things we have to simply accept or we've got no way to have a conversation. You've got to have guidelines that are simply taken as that's real. You know, I was just saying, Dave, somebody asked, what if the consortium isn't real? And I'm like, well, we could go down the down that rabbit hole and go, what if I'm not really here? What if you're sitting staring in a blank wall thinking I'm here? You're asking a question, and you think I'm responding to your question. Now, at the same time, 
What if you're not really there and I'm simply staring at a wall thinking I'm hearing your questions and responding accordingly? Cool. Now, this is where things get into a really twisted realm. Okay, I, we got to cut it there uh, because we only got 30 seconds. Did you answer Derek's question or Neil's question in the chat? What Derek's question was. The, do you know the way to enter Earth or what did the aliens? Uh, I didn't even see that question. Okay, never so, mind. No. Okay, hi, Justin Hemmingson. Derek Galloway, how you doing? Little Timmy Senor, nice to see you. Thank you to our super chatters, Louie, Deb, Pam H., Stephen, Darth times two, Big Dog, Lori, and the Ferret. Good Canadian CFL guy. Here we go with the next hour, everyone. Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Avey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate hurting your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Yakko. Yakko is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Here we go, second hour with our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. Lots of questions from our audience, Keith. It's uh, great to have you back, my man. Well, it's great to be here. I, I tell you, if it weren't for the questions, we wouldn't have half the show. Oh, I hear you. And uh, let's continue with them because they are loaded right up. Uh, let's go to Jules. Are the Watchers from ancient texts the same Watchers of ufology, and are they Sasquatch? Well, we start with, um, from everything I've gathered, yes. They are the same, the same Watchers that are in ufology now. Are they Sasquatch? No. But they are in communication with Sasquatch. 
Quite frankly, they're in communication with a lot of people. But yes, from my understanding, they have been here around. They have been around for that long. All right, Bad Daddy wants to know what's your thoughts on what's going on in Antarctica. Well, we start with it's way too cold for me to bother going down to visit. But it is there is an access point at both south and north and north, um, both at Antarctica and the North Pole. You know, up in the Arctic Circle. But about a mile and a half, two miles into that hole, there is a jump point. That if you send a probe down, it's going to pop out on the top end of the, of, of the planet. And you're not going to see what's inside anyway. It's very well protected down there. And modern technology hasn't got a prayer of overriding what they've got. But a lot of wonderful people live in that in 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 or in what you call inner earth. Anna would like to know, can you talk about what the aliens eat besides us humans? You know, it depends again on the race. But I am so glad you put it that way. Um some are vegetarian. There are some that literally like the water Sunbelt Federal Credit Union has special deals on certificates of deposit. For 10 months, you could get a return of 5.27% annual percentage yield. And Sunbelt offers an amazing 5.33% annual percentage yield for 18 months. Visit a Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location today or learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. $500 minimum deposit. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. There's so much opportunity to bring dentistry into a new era. 19 years into this job, I have never, ever experienced something like mm-hmm. this. Dental Soundbites, created for dentists by dentists. Season three, coming soon, wherever you get your podcasts. Makes sense. Or not the war, the, um, um, the Corlock. Okay. They will literally eat anything they can wrap around. Now, understand the Corlock has no has no physical form to speak of. In easiest places, you know, in the easiest way of looking at it, if you look back at the 1950s, at the 1950s horror movie, The Blob, there you have a very enlarged Corlock. The average Corlock is only 160 pounds-ish, but they are complete metamorphs. You have some that are vegetarians, the Sanguinan, are they will only or more to the point can only metabolize red blood. They cannot metabolize anything else. Now, of course, some of the hybrids can, but that's another issue. You know, you need and yes, some of them have have preferences, you know, have food preferences just like humans do. You know, it just depends on who you're talking about. Most of the reptilians, of the reptilian appearing ones, are literally, they are carnivorous based. Most, and most of those will eat their food live. All right, let's uh, go to the next one. Let's head off to, let's see here. Bolenium. Some say that the ETs are not currently physically here because the recent coronal mass ejections cause havoc on their craft are they all hiding behind jupiter well first of all 
if it was based on the coronal mass on the coronal mass ejections, it couldn't be there either. That said, I won't argue with what some people are saying. Okay, there are no there's no doubt that some people are saying that. Personally, from what I've seen, yeah, we can safely say they're still here and still quite active in their behavior. Although the person is correct that coronal mass ejections do cause havoc with their electronics. Even with their level of technology, it still plays havoc. But not to the point that they're in hiding. Because what we got to remember is those coronal ejections that you're watching, okay, that you're, that you're reading about, have a subquantum component that passes right through solid and stellar material. Okay, which means there is no hiding behind Jupiter or any other planet. You know, if that makes any sense. All right, let's continue on here, brother. Ian in the UK, good morning to you. Keith, why is there not so many landing craft stories these days? You know, I can only surmise that people are, that there's a lot of people that are seeing them, but and, but because of the way, quite seriously, and whatever you do, obviously, Dave, don't take offense to this because you're an abnormality. There are a staggering number of people in the UFO community that will insult people that actually tell about these claims or call them liars, call them frauds, whatever. Where this word is getting around and people are not are not likely reporting as many. Okay, I suspect the other part of it is also part of the equation, where people are where they're getting reported to agencies and not to major you know major major outlets, like even the social media side. And again, it's because of the thing we talked about earlier where people are being forced into segregation, if you will. Continuing on, let's go to Kira. What beings are pure golden energy in the outline of a human, but no face? And what is their connection to Earth and humans? That would be some of the ancient elephant. Okay. It's not that they don't have a face. It's that they, some of the ancient elephant, when they, when they burned through their, their corporeal form, um, what they did was they became too bright to actually see the, the specific features of. So they look like, a, like literally a golden or some of them a silver form. Now, of course, the other, yeah, that's one that will show up that way. The other one would be a Yumion. Which literally descend, they choose a bipedal appearance, but they actually have no face. You know, they don't have any physical features to speak of, as it were. All right, let's continue on, moving on to Millennium. Keith, do you still have my lab experiences, or have you been able to sever that connection? For the most part, the answer is I still have experiences. Yes. Do am I still under my lab control per se, or do I go to the my lab my lab areas anymore? 
No, I've got I've managed to get enough friends in the right places that they don't do that. Okay, I don't go back into the my labs anymore. Do I know what they're up to? Yeah. And before anybody goes there, no, I'm not giving you locations. Number one, I can't give you the location of a local grocery store. Okay, so, you know, space and, and directions isn't my strong suit anyway. But, yeah, I still absolutely deal with them. Just not from an experimental side anymore. All right, let's continue on because we've got lots more to go here, my man. Let's go to Stephen in the U.K. Good morning to you. Can other races catch our illnesses like cold and flu? Very few of them. You know, there is one race I can think of offhand if they bothered. The Mobians could because, well, frankly, the Mobians are human. They're just far more spiritually advanced and therefore and therefore don't have a, don't bother with the illness. You know, but very few humans or very few, you know, off-worlders can contract a human illness, period, because it's not the same physiology. It's kind of like a human cannot catch a, a, you know, they call it the, you know, they call it the avian flu. I have no idea why. It's certainly not. They call it the avian flu because it affects birds, but it's not just targeting them. You got to remember we're talking about alien alien physiology, which is not even Terran-based in most cases. And therefore, Terran-based diseases won't grab hold. All right, let's, I think that's let's move on. Let's go to Neil. Is there an alien race that really likes humans? There's a number of them. Okay, the Nordics like humans. Um, you know, when you take a look at the Spare Knocked In, they absolutely love them. Spare Knocked In are about yay tall. <laughs> okay, they literally look like a button mushroom. Okay, but when, you, when you're looking at aliens, um, the Pleiadians, they, they like them. They don't come in. The purebred Pleiadians cannot come here. You know, simply because they cannot, they can't actually live on Earth at all. There, the atmosphere here will literally kill them. You know, the the Alpha Draconis, what you know as Alpha Draconis, what I know as the Sarkon, they they like the the attitude of the humans, but they do find humans are a little fragile. Of course, you got to remember, the Sarkon or the Alpha Draconis are in the neighborhood of 15 feet tall and armored. You can see why they see humans being a little, shall we say, fragile. All right, let's move on, buddy. Let's go to Darth. Have the aliens, through dreams or thought projection, given ideas through the decades to the writers of films about them? Examples, George Lucas with Star Wars, and Steven Spielberg with Close Encounters or E.T.? The answer is yes. Whether it was done by, by through the dreams or direct connection, I cannot say for certain. Okay, I also know that the gentleman that did, like you hit two out of three, the gentleman that did the X-Files, and I forget the guy's name, okay, is another one that had the right information. And I know there is a European, or at least 10 years ago, 
there was a European director who I don't know what his name was, also had direct connection. So yes, you know they and they absolutely were were in contact, and in all fairness, may well still be. Whether they whether these people will admit to it or not, sorry, not going there because I have no idea. All right, let us uh, move on, Keith. We're having a good night tonight. Let's go to Neil. Keith, you are face-to-face with a Draco, and your six-shooter is all out of bullets. What do you do? Well, number one, I ain't going to be pulling the the gun on him in the first place. Taryn, you know, if I'm standing in front of a Draco, if I don't have at least a 120, and I mean 120-millimeter autocannon, I'm not pulling the trigger. Because a six-shooter, even a 50-caliber caliber using blazer rounds or tumblers, isn't going to penetrate their hide. Okay, and all that's going to do, therefore, is annoy... There's so much opportunity to bring dentistry into a new era. 19 years into this job, I have never, ever experienced something like mm-hmm. this. Dental Sound Bites, created for dentists by dentists. Season three, coming soon, wherever you get your podcasts. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. So, guns, not a good option. My personal opinion is put the gun down and ask him to sit down. You know, ask him if we can sit down and have a talk. Far better reaction. I like that. I like that a lot. Voices would like to know, Keith, is the god Pan real? Well, Pan is real. Is he a god? That depends on who you ask. If you ask Pan, Pan is absolutely a god. Bit egocentric, but Pan himself is real. He was just an oversized Itawari. Uh, Correction. That is wrong. He is not Ichiwari. Give me 10 seconds because now I'm pulling a blank and it annoys me. I can do that. But he is real. He's a real one. Mr. Grinch. Like I said, he's real, but he is not a god. Unless you ask him. And I'm sure you guys know some people that think they're god. I am just looking for literally because I'm drawing an absolute blank on the name I'm looking for. That's why I write it down. That's why you got a book out. Seem reasonable to me. All right. Let's continue on, Keith. Absolutely. Have you been able to find it or do you want to pause on that one and take another question while we're waiting? Oh. Keep on, keep on going with the question. I just don't, I end up scanning over things. So go ahead and I will give him the answer to this or her as soon as I track it down. I got you. I got you covered on that one. Let's go to AZ, man. Why are they, the aliens, interested in our military? Because it's primitive. And from a, from a xenosocioeconomic standpoint, 
looking at the human military tells where human where the human mindset is and whether they're actually interested in a war or if they're just playing cop you know they they're just playing at it ultimately that's what it boils down to it's the historians that are interested in where mankind's military has gotten to or they just want to be prepared in case we do something stupid and shoot first and ask questions oh, later. No. The, the stupid part is mankind going, oh, we're going to have a global nuclear war. And then they just look at it and go, well, we're just going to kill the nuclear war part of it off. You can have your bombs, you can blow up your neighborhoods, but you're not killing the planet. You know, ultimately, that's what you're looking at there. Ian in the UK wants to know, what race do you think the mummies from Peru are now we're talking about the newest one the, i'm actually looking into that i know the ones you're talking about i was sent the pictures are they real the answer is in my opinion absolutely i know the race itself is okay and i'm pretty certain that they originated way back and i mean way back before even the zeta reticulin arrived started to evolve well, the DNA originally done on those on those showed that uh, they were baby llama heads. Okay. So I don't know. Well, this is this is why when when people talk about the pictures and what have you, I cannot speak to the veracity of the pictures. I can tell you the veracity of what they look like and what they're representing is. And from my experience, is a real entity. All right, but you know, you take a look at the at the uh, Barnum and Bailey's uh, monkey fish, or whatever the heck it was, that was made up to look like something. Very true. Very true. Okay, Keith, let's go to John. Are Bigfoot or Dogman of alien origin? Here we go. Well, that depends entirely on who you ask. In my opinion, no. In Dave's opinion, well, I'll leave that one to Dave. I, now, I do, and I, I don't know enough about the dogman itself to really pin down where it comes from. But no, from my standpoint, Bigfoot is very simply Gigantopithecus. Uh, we will agree to disagree there, my man. Agree I, to disagree I there. I wholeheartedly on that one. Uh-huh. Now, on the other hand, the Wara, which look very similar to the Sasquatch, are absolutely off-world. All right, let's go to Dirt Road. Are the Nephilim stories real, then? 3,600-year orbit... I think they're due back any time. Well, technically, the answer is yes. Okay, but do understand something. You know, that 3,600-year circle, first of all, is not a planetoid. It's a ship. And does it come back into orbit into this area? Yes. But you got to look at the, if you will, what I call corroborating evidence. Okay, now, the Nephilim itself boils down to the gods, okay? 
Um, but the reason I say it's a ship is the orbit they've clocked and that they've calculated is accurate. But if you take a planet and bring it inside this solar system, this solar system will come apart at the seams. Unless said planet, i.e. ship, has a has a, a gravity dampening field to cut down on the impact, thereby cutting through the area without upsetting the gravitational pull. 90 seconds. Let's go to Neil. Are there any aliens that could eat Dracos for breakfast? Well, certainly. You know, there's a couple that could. Not the least of which would be the would be the Kaboran. Bear in mind, the Kaboran is literally a planet. Okay, they are big enough to eat a Draco without even blinking. There are also other critters that make the Draco look small. Some of the Anunnaki are twice the size of a Draco. Okay, of what you would call Draco, what you would call Alpha Alpha Draconis, you know, um, but what I call Sargon. Okay, they aren't the biggest, they aren't the meanest, but they are debatably the most arrogant. Yeah, we could seek him one more. We got thirty okay, seconds. This same, while we're while we're on break, I will find the answer to that other question. All right, Neil, quickly, we've got thirty seconds. Do you know a way to enter Earth? Yeah. A number of ways. Um, can I take anybody there? No. Before you go there. But quite seriously, um, you literally enter. Most of the easiest way is through either the North or the South Pole. But again, if you are not, if you're not known, the odds are they're going to pop you out the other side. And rest assured, their security procedures are a lot better than what humans have. And on that note, we have our Keith Andrews in the ET Connection here for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. we got a ton of questions we're going to have to burn through in the next half hour from audience members just like you. you got to be on YouTube in order to get those questions in. Spaced Out Radio continues with the second half right after this. What do you say there, Arf Keef? I don't know, How are things on your end? Pretty happy. I do hate it when I forget when I have something worked out and forget where the heck I put it. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, it's not book one. It's got to be in book two. The answer to said question. So I'm just looking for it right now. I figure I've got the extra screen here, which is what I'm looking up here for. Um, volume two. Hopefully that will have it. And volume two, that is volume two. I have an answer for that question there. You'd think I would have remembered this. I've actually got him already written into the into the other Bocking Chronicles. 
the god Pan. Yes. Yeah, I'm just ignoring that. Yeah. You know, some of these questions, I, I'm glad you filtered through them because some of the comments that get made in here, I'm like, okay, well, because I don't. Nico has always been a leader ahead of the curve, but his growth wasn't keeping up. So his pediatrician recommended PediaShore Nutrition Shakes to help him grow and support his immune system. And he says they are delicioso. Shop for PediaShore at PediaShore.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I really don't understand when, like, I don't recognize when people are being facetious or just trying to be silly about it. You know, so I look at these questions going, okay, you asked the question, here's the answer. You don't have to like it. But there's a lot of the questions that I run into the problem in my own stream. <laughs> you know, where somebody will make a comment and I'm looking at it going, well, that's what you asked. And then they'll start looking for a way to just to, you know, to to deny it or whatever. I'm thinking, I'm not here to prove it, you know. And quite frankly, I really don't have the ability to prove a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I hear you, my brother. I hear you. But I do know I'm of the opinion that, you know, like I look at what you do and go, yeah, you have so much of a better grip on the way things go and how to separate those. Probably a lot of it has to do with experience. I know you're just a whole heck of a sideburner than I am, which, you know, frankly wouldn't surprise me. Hey, I feed off your sideburns. That's all I'm going to say. I feed off your sideburns. Well, I chalk those up to my connection to Dad. Dad had them all his life until last week before he passed. Oh, Vanessa Love v. Love, amazing. You're not blocked. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? My tummy right now, uh, it's relaxing. I'm digesting. And I know better for next time. Shame on me. Shame on me. Oh, how bad of me. That's just terrible. Yeah, but what the heck? <laughs> no, it's funny, you know, I, you know, a lot of the questions that pop up, I mean, we've been getting some phenomenal questions tonight. And I'll tell you, it makes it so much easier.
All right, Keith, I want to quickly say thank you to Darth with a hat trick of Super Chats. Random Gee, Ferret, T-Bone, Lori, Big Dog, Louie, Deb, Sir, Pam H., and Steven. Thank you for the love, everybody. And don't forget, you can do some shopping at our Spaced Out Radio store. We do not have ugly swag. Unlike other groups out there, other channels, we do not have ugly swag. Go check it out and uh, grab yourself some today. And don't forget, for as low as 5 bucks a month, you can join the SOR Space Travelers Club on Patreon. The link is down below in the description of the show. <coughs> yes, Kira, I know. I'm already feeling guilty about the double burger and poutine. Okay? Feeling guilty. Not really. Not really. Here we go with the second half of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection continuing on. We're having a great time. Reminder to all of you that if you missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Paste- Patreon. Patreon. Boy, where's my mind tonight? Could use a donut. Could use a donut, man. No, I couldn't. No, my waistline cannot. All right. Patreon at the SOR Space Travelers Club. Here we go, Keith. We got a ton of questions for you as our Keith Andrews joins us for the ET connection. Start off with Darth here. With the meeting with Eisenhower, and I could be wrong, but the Nordics and Greys at Holloman Air Force Base, where any alien race or were any alien race furious at the group's meeting with Eisenhower? Uh, races per se, no, not that I'm aware of. Individuals, absolutely. Okay, um, and a lot of it had more to do with the with the diplomatic approach. Okay, they, there was a lot of controversy in amongst the different races, in amongst the different individuals, regarding what it was all about. Yeah, you know, what the whole meeting was all about. Bear in mind, these now we hear about the one with the, with Eisenhower. There's rumors about the one with with Hitler. What you're not necessarily aware of is these same kinds of meetings took place with almost every so-called superpower at the time. You know, but no, before anybody goes there, we're not talking about slave deals and we're not talking about alien technology being dropped on Earth. You know, and being traded off. Okay. At least not from anything I was ever found that I ever came across. Okay, let's go to Rainbow. Is it true the ocean is from outer space? Does that make all life then alien? Um, technically, I guess you can consider the ocean coming from outer space in as much as 
the the plant itself had to be built in the first place, and therefore the particulates came from outer space to start with. But it was upon the kind of the building of the planet and the warming of the planet that the that the the hydrogen oxygen com, uh, compound ended up condensing and becoming the oceans. So if you know, depending on how far back into a splitting hair you go, okay, then you go back far enough, you could say yes. But the reality is, it was the natural side effect of heating. And no, the other side of that, again, we'd have to go back a long way to determine one way or the other. But life as you know it originated here on Earth. Okay, it was a natural, it was, it was assisted to get here in the first place, but it evolved on Earth from the situation on Earth. At least, and again, you got to remember, I am not a scientist. I've got memories of the whole thing coming together, but I do not have any Terran scientific background. Matter of fact, they threw me out of biology and chemistry in grade eight. Which might give you an idea how well that worked. All right, let's continue on, Keith. We got a ton of questions here. Uh, Neil is asking: the Arcturian went to the Galactic store for eight cans of Sprite, but only picked seven up. Oh, that's terrible, Neil. That's just terrible. Classically, BC is asking: do aliens play tabletop games? Absolutely, but it really depends on which games you're talking about. I mean, tabletop, it, it, there's a lot of variations. You know, if we take a look at the demons, they have a tabletop game called Deep, Deep Muscle Massage. You know, it's not pleasant for humans, but they go through it. You know, do they play card games? Yes. You know, or their variation on card games. You know, but... The answer is yes, they have their own entertainment forms. Either, again, they either have your normal passive play, you know, table games, or they've got sports that they will play. Some of them will end up doing their acting thing, you know, up on a theater, up on a, um, you know, up in a cathedral, that sort of thing. If you think of it this way, aliens, off-worlders, ancient races are simply another group of different appearing humans. They have entertainment, they have culture, they have individual ambitions. What they don't have is a human triple helix, making the, making the humans a very special group. All right, let's move on here, my man. Let's go to Jules. What do you consider the most jovial and pleasant non-aggressive off-world group? Off-world, well, yeah, Spearnoctin aren't exactly off-world. Well, they are, but um, the most jovial, one of the one of the most jovial are definitively the the Orions. Okay, um, the your Venusians are some of the most relaxed, far more interested in the arts than anything else. Okay, I'm just trying to think of who actually has a sense of humor. Yeah, I know when you look at the Paraque, and the Paraque are not a, they are not an off-world. Okay, they're an ancient race. They are one of the, of the happiest, most, you know, most relaxed 
you know, laid-back individuals you'll ever find. Trying to get them to be serious could be a bit of an issue. All right. By the way, Darth says thanks for answering all those questions. And uh, thank you, uh, Darth, for the great questions that you asked. All right, let's move on. Let us go to Anna. Who are the men in black? First and foremost, as far as Darth goes, you're more than welcome. Glad to help there, Darth. Anna, the men in black are a human contingency striving to under is striving to work not only to contain the the whole aliens alien arrival thing in a in a human if you will um governed environment okay but they are also a black ops a black ops group one of their contingents and one of their operative operational methods is to remove people that are creating a problem for mankind in the way of information that could be done that could be dangerous to global stability. And I will use the term global stability really loosely because look at the modern world. You know, let's face it, mankind is not exactly the most stable group. All right, let's move on, Keith. Let's go to Nikki. What were the name of the ETs who resemble owls, and then and the name of the ETs who minorly resemble a bird, not feathers, but kind of like a scale? It's a skin. They are blue beige, seven to nine feet tall. Now the owls are the easy part; those are the yuka. The other ones, I've got to go back and look up the and actually look up who these people are. I've got I've got a stack of notes on races. That's that damn that is literally an inch and a half to two inches deep of notes that I've got from over the years that I'm in the middle of collating. And I do know who you're referring to. I just don't offhand um I just don't offhand remember what the name of the of the ones you're referring to. But you are right. They look very much like humans. Little on the gangly side, and no, they do not have feathers, nor do they fly. But I do believe Okay, I'm a bit of an idiot. Pardon me, you know, that's not entirely correct. Um, but you're talking about the Stratari. Okay, they aren't actually avian. They're actually reptilian. But we're dealing with the Stratari. And, you know, they definitely look like, look like, uh, look a lot like birds. But I'll tell you, you don't want to try and run these guys in a foot race. All right, let's move on. Let's move on here. Try that again? Let's move on. Yeah. We've got a, a bunch of questions here. Justin is asking, why can't they hide behind Jupiter if they can hide behind moons and other large objects? Oh, they can hide behind it. What I said was the the solar eruption will pass right through Jupiter and the rest of it. They hide behind it and mankind can't see them. Mankind still requires line-of-sight visibility. The solar flares don't require visibility at all because they literally travel on a sub-quantum level. They'll pass right through the physical existence of, of, of Jupiter and won't even slow down. 
So physically, they can certainly hide. Just they can't hide from the sun. All right, my man. Let's continue on. Let's go to Rich, buddy. What do they laser cut out of cattle? That depends entirely on who the guy is. Normally, you're looking at reproductive organs, okay, and the and the surrounding tissue to take a look at the satellite impact of the different organs. Because what they're looking for, you're talking about about xenozoologists that are striving to understand cattle are just really prolific and are impacted on a bizarre level by their proximity and their interdependence to humans. And you'll notice they take out domestic cattle. You don't hear about them taking out much in the way of wild cattle. And yes, wild cattle still still exist. Moving on, Ulamar in Czechia is asking, are the greys capable of mating? Absolutely. Greys are, number one, not sterile. They are not clones, and they certainly aren't photocopies. When they mate, they mate for life. Well, yeah, they mate for life. They will mate again after somebody dies. But they actually reproduce by laying eggs and then raising their own clutch. The greys are, in all fairness, uh, if you take a look at the broadband and the broadband way that we talk about them, they are of a reptilian base. But almost halfway between a reptile and an insect. But yeah, they're absolutely capable of mating. Continuing, Jules is asking, do off-worlders hold to the enemy of my enemy is my friend motto? No, but they do hold to the concept. And I mean, there are some that do and that are like that. There are most of them, though, that will look at it and go, the enemy of my enemy makes great cannon cannon fodder. Cannon fodder being the people you put out in front of your army to have them killed before the bullets get to you. Okay, Keith. Stephen in the UK wants to know, any idea about the reports of a football field-sized objects over the North Sea a few years ago that got picked up on radar? I'm betting, I'm betting dollars to donuts. That was a Maldockian, um, that was likely a Maldockian generation shift. I didn't actually witness, a, like I didn't pay any attention to the reports, but what you're talking about is a ship that looks very similar to a Roman-style Colosseum. Although, in all fairness, it's completely sealed. But that would be about the right size of a, of a football field. Okay. And they they have been around. They've been around for quite a while. But that, by the sounds of it, you're looking at a Moldachian generation ship. And no, they are not prepping for invasion. Something about the fact they don't like the idea of their home world being destroyed. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Voices wants to know, are cursed objects real, and can they kill people? 
The answer is yes, they are real, but they are not as prolific as what people are led to believe. There are very few people in the world today that can actually can and or will actually, you know, actually um, produce a cursed item. But the reality behind cursed items is the psychological impact. If you're told an item is cursed, humans have a tendency of looking at it, and so do many other races, going, oh, my world's going to fall apart. And then on on a subconscious level, they start making really, really bad choices. Wallet Moth wants to know, is it only people that have been abducted that dream of aliens as I never have? Absolutely not. There are any number of reasons people may dream of aliens. The Quite frankly, the percentage of people that dream of aliens that have actually been abducted, from my understanding, is tiny. Okay, but people will dream of aliens because they represent an unknown quality that they're in the middle of and that the person is in the middle of pursuing. Maybe they're looking for a little bit more excitement in their life. And that unknown quality of the alien produces a great setup. Okay, but no, just because you dream of aliens, some people dream of aliens because, oh my gosh, they watched Alien or something to that effect. I can see that. I can see that. Let's go to Blue Cruise. How do aliens and ETs measure the time spent on their missions in space and on other planets? Would you believe me if I said by their own clocks? (laughs) You you got to understand, some of these races, these people live by Terran standards, literally hundreds of thousands of years. Okay, so they measure when we talk about how old they are or how long they've been around. By by necessity, we have to refer to it in terms of the of what Terrans understand, and in this case, myself included, as far as the twenty four hour clock goes. But you got to remember, when we talk about the length of a day. On Earth, it's because of the time it takes for the sun to go on, for the planet to go around the sun. When you start taking a look at some of these other planets, the orbits are so vast, we are talking about, like if you go to the Laborian homeworld, okay, their planet is so vast that you're literally looking at a 365,000 Terran year cycle. That's what they call one day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey. Needless to say, Laborians will live. Well, they only live an, av- an average of 35 years of their years, which means when you look at the Laborians, and yes, there are a few of them on this planet. What I'm doing is just giving you an actual number here. All right, Keith. A Laborian, continue on. Continue on. A Laborian in Terran terms, in Earth terms, lives an average of 12 million years. But in their world, it's only 35. Makes sense. All right, let's go to Rainbow. What do you think? It was our government shot down over Canada. It was a Chinese drone. It was not UFO. 100% not UFO. I've got... And there we have it. Yeah. <laughs> Glad that... you had an answer to that. Well, I, I happen to know a fighter pilot, and he confirmed it with me. A Canadian fighter pilot. Uh, the Debster wants to know, would our Keith ever go on a ghost date? In all fairness, I have, but I won't now. I'm happily attached, and that includes anybody that's already passed over. Derek wants to know, can aliens travel through black holes in their spaceships? Uh, in their spaceships, no. But there are a couple of races that can get through a black hole safely. They don't take a spaceship, though. No? Okay. Darn it. You know, we wanted that spaceship, man. You know? Well, you can have the spaceship, but it won't be in the same shape when you get out the other side. Oh, all right. You be that, <laughs> be that way and ruin, ruin a good thing here, Keith. All right. Yeah, no problem. All right, let's see. I'm just scrolling through here. See if I missed any tonight. All right, how about Jules here? Do the off-worlders get in trouble for human interaction? Carl! Carl! (laughs) Carl got in trouble. I heard of another one recently as well. A click clock guy got his his so-called hand slapped. They're not supposed to make cognitive interaction with people. Why? But, why is that? As you discovered, they do. I mean, the, you can't blame them though for being just as curious about us as we are of them. We just have the fear factor b- built in. You know, in all fairness, I can blame them. Everyone's doing it, but I do agree with you. It's really tempting, <laughs> you know. Right. I think so too. Keith, when's the last time you were abducted? We'll call it an abduction um, a week and a half ago. What happened? It was a little occupied getting a few other things sorted around. But it, it was funny because it was that it was only about a week and a half ago that I ended up having a conversation that that helped me understand exactly where the black and the black eyed children come from and why there's so many of them. 
Basically, they're hard to contain. But then try and herd cows. Good luck with that. I could see that, my man. I could see that. And your YouTube channel is growing pretty quickly here. It's doing a nice job right now. I'm starting to push things. I've even started getting some of the other advertising out that I needed. What do you talk about on your channel for people who may not know? Um, depending on the day, but I talk about a lot of self-help, a lot of, of self-direction. I do talk about the off-worlders, about the paranormal, about gaming as in Dungeons and & Dragons and how it impacts on the natural world. As well as recently, um, I've started actually teaching people in practical, real-time te testing to access their own higher senses. We had some remarkable results today. Excellent. Excellent. And where can people find your books, your YouTube channel, your website? Well, the YouTube channel is R. Keith Andrews. My website, rkeithandrews.com. If you look below any of my videos on YouTube, there's a whole list there. But Inner Voice Enterprises at yahoo.ca is the easiest one to, to track me down on. And, of course, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You're everywhere. And the others, but You're everywhere. I'm working on it. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate you coming in each and every month here on Spaced Out Radio. I mean, geez, man, it's been almost eight years. Have we passed the eight years now? Just over eight years. <clears throat> I, if I remember correctly, we started in March eight years ago. Yeah. So we're at eight and a half now, approximately. Well, next month will be the ninth anniversary of Spaced Out Radio. So. Holy mackerel. Yeah, I'm not, because yeah, I got in pretty early. You sure did. Our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. Coming up next, Steve Stockton brings us a story from Among the Missing. Then little Timmy Senor returns for the UFO report. Spaced Out Radio continues with the final hour next. Great job, Keith. Great job Thank again. Thank you so much. I do appreciate it, Dave. Always appreciate you, man. Always appreciate you, but uh, I'm gonna. It was funny. We had three people asking tonight on my stream whether or not I was going to be on your stream tonight. Well, if they check our website, they check our social media, they would know that first Friday of the month, our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection always here. You know, it's the way we do it. It's the way we do it, my man. But I'm going to let you go. You have a wonderful night, my friend. And uh, we'll talk to you uh, very, very soon, okay? Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you, buddy. Not a problem. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Take care. Uh, there we go. I'll be right back, people. I will be right back.
Little Timmy Senor coming up. Big thank you tonight to Debster times two, Darth times five, Cat Chaser, and T-Bone, RG, the Random Gee, Ferret, Steven, Lori, Pam, Big Dog, and Louie for the Super Chats tonight. Appreciate the love. <coughs> Good job by our wrenches tonight for people who want to make fun of our guests. Great job. And, uh, yeah, I'm going fishing tomorrow and Sunday. Going out of town in the morning, waking up, driving four hours to one of my favorite fishing holes. The coho salmon are running, and I'm going to be there to slam. Yeah. Here we go with the third hour. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor our number three of spaced out radio is now underway good to have you with us my name is dave scott very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Yakko. Yakko is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. It is that time of the night where we kick off hour number three with another spooky story from Steve Stockton. Hello friends, welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Spaced Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. Death Valley has its share of ghosts and hauntings. Located in the sparsely populated Death Valley Junction, the Armagosa Hotel and Opera House was renovated in 1967 by ballet dancer, mime, artist, and actress Marta Beckett. Before that, it was a small hotel for the Pacific Coast Borax Company between its construction in 1923 and relocation in 1927. Several ghosts have been reported here. The theater is allegedly haunted by the spirit of Beckett's former partner, Tom Willett, who can sometimes be witnessed watching the performances. Rooms 24, 32, and 9 are all reported to be haunted, with the most activity occurring in room 9. Guests in that room say an evil entity held their feet down while they were sleeping. 
Other reports involve laughing children, crying babies, and noises in the hall when no one is there. On April 19, 1908, Joseph L. Simpson ambushed and shot James Arnold, a local businessman, in broad daylight. Simpson was portrayed by many as a scoundrel and an alcoholic. But what makes Simpson's story unique is the fact that he was the last person to be lynched in the state of California. Three days after the crime, Simpson was hanged by a telephone pole in the Death Valley camp of Skidoo. Legend says he was buried, but exhumed a few days later when L.A. Times reporters showed up for photos. And, maybe haunted or not, there are ghost towns. Death Valley is home to several abandoned mining towns known as ghost towns, including Ballarat, Chloride City, Panamint City, Rhyolite, and Pioneer. Ballarat was once a bustling place with three hotels, a school, and seven saloons. But now it's a ghost town, watched over by a single man and his dog. The town had been abandoned for some time, and in the 1960s, the family of Charles Manson stayed at the Barker Ranch south of town. The old town is still worth exploring, with old mining equipment in the flats. Chloride City, an abandoned mining town in the Funeral Mountains on the eastern edge of Death Valley, is said to be haunted by the spirits of miners who died during its heyday in the early 20th century. Visitors reported hearing noises and seeing ghostly apparitions in the area. Panamint City, on the western edge of Death Valley, was a thriving community in the 1870s and is home to numerous legends of lost gold mines, hidden treasures, and ghostly encounters. Several thousand people lived in this small settlement, lured by the promise of easy money and adventure. Panamint was the site of a silver mining boom town in the 1870s. The town was run by outlaws and it eventually flooded, destroying everything. The road to town was only accessible to dedicated 4x4s until the late 1980s. You can explore the remains of the abandoned mine while hiking through a scenic 7.5 mile trail. The hike is strenuous and requires extraordinary endurance, but the views are worth it. The town of Rhyolite was established in 1904 by entrepreneur Charles M. Schwab. By 1906, the town had water and electricity and an estimated population of 5 to 10,000 people during its heyday between 1905 and 1911. Also known as the Queen City, it had two churches, 50 saloons, 18 stores, two undertakers, 19 lodging houses, 8 doctors, 2 dentists, a stock exchange, and an opera house. The history, numerous ruins, and proximity to the freeway make this one of the best ghost towns in Death Valley to visit. The town of Pioneer was established in 1908 to assist workers in mining activities in the neighboring gold mines. The population was capped at around 2,500 until a fire decimated nearly all the town's buildings. By 1931, Pioneer officially closed its post office, sealing its fate as a ghost town. Pioneer is one of the smallest ghost towns in Death Valley and is better suited for camping or longer hikes. While not much is left, a few remnants of the mine and stone ruins exist. And thank you to Steve for coming on in and putting us through another great, great story here on Spaced Out Radio. And we say a big thank you to Steve who comes in to kick off hour number three each and every night. If you want more stories just like that, what you got to do is go to youtube.com forward slash among the missing. And it'll be right there, right for you, waiting, waiting for you. All right, from the missing to the mysterious, the mysterious Timbit himself, little Timmy Cedar is back for the UFO report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. 
right, my man. It's always good to see you here on Spaced Out Radio. What's happening there, Timmy Stenor? Hey, hey, Dave. Good to see you, buddy. Not too much is happening. Just uh, chillaxing in Oregon, enjoying some nice weather before it gets cold and rainy. Oh, cold. You're so cute. <laughs> you are so cute right now. And uh, let's see what's what's happening here, man. I mean, you know, the UFO story just continues to grow and grow and grow. And, and here we are, you know, hanging on out and talking about some good stuff here, as we always do with you. So I think it's going to be a good night once again, my man. It's Friday. It's time to talk UFOs and... We're going to bring some fun stuff to huh. talk about. Absolutely. Well, let's of start off with this one. We have no explanation. Apparently, there's a list of U.S. states with the most reported UFO sightings in the UFO USA today. Yeah. And so over 100 unidentified flying objects are reported every month to the National UFO Reporting Center. And it publishes these reports on the website's data bank and sorts them in different indexes based on their location, description, and date that they were sent and the date of the sighting. And so it's um, all about uh, some of the upper states. We're going to talk about the, the most sightings across the U.S. and where they were kind of focused. And so obviously California with you know the heaviest population also leads as the state with the most sightings with just over 16,000 sightings okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. According to the data index. And so Florida coming in as the third most populated state follows with over 8,000. And then Washington coming in 13th most populated state with over 7,000. So obviously Florida being the third most populated state makes sense that it would follow with 8,000. And then the 13th most populated state with over 7,000 being Washington. So I find that interesting. So Peter Davenport the nonprofit's director since 1994 said the states with the most sightings tend to be the most populated states. Makes sense. And he explained that Washington state's high UFO sightings could be explained by the fact that the center is based there. However, he also said that, in a quote, I think the most prominent feature is people who are much more willing to report things that they can't identify. And he goes on to say that 
people generally are more willing to talk about the subject, especially if it's something that they don't understand, as we know, Dave. And so the top 10 states in the U.S. with the most reports shared by New Fork, obviously California with 16,000 in first place, Florida with over 8,000 in third, Washington, as we said, 7,145. Interesting number there. And Texas coming in fourth with 6,107. And then New York. Interesting. This one being, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, coming in (laughs) number five here with 5,800, almost 6,000, you know, and that is the fourth most populated in the state. Now, it's interesting that, uh, you know, Texas is the second most populated, yet it was the fourth highest in sightings. Now, we go on to the sixth highest. uh, It's Pennsylvania being not only the fifth highest in population. It came in with 4,000, almost 5,000 because it was 4,900. So 5,000 sightings from Pennsylvania, followed by Arizona, Arizona, excuse me, with 5,000 as well. So uh, a kind of a tie there. Uh, And Arizona is the 14th highest in population. Ohio with 4,500. Illinois with 4,000 following with North Carolina in the end there at number 10. But I'll tell you what, um, interesting that New York is right there in the middle, but only, you know, 5,800 sightings kind of a lower number than I would expect considering California had 16,000, you know, it's, it doesn't double the population yet. It has over doubled that number. So, you know, maybe there's more activity in these areas for a reason. It's not just due to population. Uh, I think that Peter Davenport brought up a great point that people are more comfortable reporting now. And, uh, you know, the, the fact is, is New Fork is one of the go-to locations to report UFO sightings. And that has become more and more popular as the years go on. But, Dave, we can talk a little further about some more stats out of this great article that's coming from USA Today. But um, interesting new stats. California taking the lead. Now, there's nothing here reporting on, Cal- on uh, Canada but what is your opinion? What's your take? Do you think that these stats kind of reflect what you expected to see across the the, the uh, United States? Or were there some surprises for you? There wasn't Pretty any surprises. I, first off, let me say I love articles like this. I do. Me too. And I think yeah. it's so interesting to see how it all kind of blends in. Because if you look at the coastlines... That's where everybody seems to see the UFOs. And then as it gets across America, kind of gets into the central part, the UFOs seem to disappear. And and one of the things that I find extremely interesting is when you look at the statistics, the big bases that are around a lot of these uh, sighting areas, whether it's Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, there always seems to be a lot of big bases around. I mean, the West Coast with the with uh, you know the naval bases up and down between California and Washington State. Same as uh, on the East Coast between Florida and Maine. Okay, we have a lot of action happening in those areas. A lot of military, which is to me a little bit interesting because if it's civilians yeah. that are reporting this, 
you know, they may not recognize newfound technology or drones or something along that. They may just report it as UFO, okay, in, in order to, you know, just file the report, okay? It's not that they they are, are doing it out of uh, malice or anything like that, but they may not just understand what what a U, uh, what a UAP is or a a drone of some sort okay so the, i find that very interesting and <clears throat> i would say california doesn't surprise me new york doesn't surprise me washington state and pennsylvania don't surprise me okay there are a lot of states that you just listed off that really are not surprising whatsoever i w- i would say though that I'm wondering what's happening in middle America because we don't seem to have as many reports from middle America, yet those are areas where there's a lot of farmers, there's crop circles, there's cattle mutilations going on, you know, from Colorado to Wyoming and and North and South Dakota, places like that, Nebraska. So it is a little bit interesting on the reports, but it's par for the course. But I think what it also does, Tim, is it opens up. The USA Today is a big name paper, okay? It's it's not a, in my opinion, it's not a left wing, not a right wing paper. They still try to play quite centrist, and when they they really haven't jumped on the UFO bandwagon as many other outlets have, like the New York Times or News Nation or places like that. So. For this story to get in there and, and really uh, jump out on where people are seeing UFOs, I think it's wonderful. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And um, I would also consider the potential for there to be a different uh, social aspect as you take a look at each part of the United States when it comes to reporting. Socially, it's accepted maybe more. Uh, on the outskirts in some of the more liberal states, we could say, um, whereas uh, in some of the more conservative states in those locations are less likely to report it as a UFO and, you know, even less likely to report it, period. Um, and so I would definitely take that aspect because, you know, we know across America there's definitely different attitude towards this and people internalize this stuff differently, even if they have it on their phone even if they have it on camera, you know, and they're reviewing it, they're definitely interpreting it maybe differently. Um, you know, and there are so many common types of UFOs that have been reported, at least through New Fork. And uh, obviously, you know, the, the most common description is just a non-identified light in the sky, according to Peter Davenport, at least. And in a quote, he says, we don't get too excited about reports of that nature because there are too many lights in the sky. He said stars, planets, and of course, satellites. And so uh, he said as a commercial pilot himself, he said he's most intrigued by reports submitted by airline pilots, which he calls pretty good sources of accurate information when they see something they can't identify or explain. And so descriptions of these objects from the center's data ranges from common shapes like circles, ovals, triangles and diamonds to images of light and orbs and flashes or perhaps a disc or fireball and so typically reports are given through the website and then interpreted by a team and then given kind of a scale 
But either way, it's definitely one more agency that's taking a look at this. And it's very interesting to consider perhaps these numbers do reflect how this topic is interpreted across the nation. Do you think that the social aspect may have something to do with what's going on as far as reporting goes, Dave? Well, I mean, a a Republican side is more of a religious side still. Okay, so there is that, and they may not be looking up at the sky as much because they don't want to deal with anything up there outside of 737s and 747s flying on over. Okay, so, I mean, you you could be right on that one, okay, but I, I don't think politicizing this is something that I would put stock in. And what I what I mean by politicizing is saying you know that more Democrat states are are likely to report, and and you may be right on that, Tim. You may be completely right, but I think with the publicity this subject has had over the last few years, I really do believe that it being nonpartisan, or probably bipartisan, in the United States, that I, I don't. I don't see that really happening. I mean, you asked about Canada. That Canada was not in that statistic, which it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. But, I mean, the hotspots there are Ontario, Quebec, British Columbia, which go figure. Those are the three most populous uh, provinces. And then you get into Alberta, Saskatchewan, and kind of move west or east from there. So it's kind of interesting to see how it all works how it all plays out but i think you know people are starting to look up okay maybe yeah. not in the in the central part or or whatever maybe they're reporting it to different groups maybe they're reporting it on facebook but we also have to remember that one out of every 10 ufo sightings actually gets reported it's a good point it's a good point well davenport himself said that he believes a significant fraction of reported sightings that deal with extraterrestrial creatures. And that's significant, I feel. And, you know, he goes on to say that due to technology exhibiting flight characteristics that we don't have on this planet, there's really nothing else to consider. And he said that a perfect example is the Phoenix Lights incident decades ago. He feels that that is proof right there that there is technology that cannot be part of Earth. And, you know, back in 90, 1997, I don't think that we really had anything like that. You know, maybe we did, Dave. And uh, again, you know, 50 years of technology, who knows where we are with it. But um, I think that's a great case for Peter Davenport to point to as a significant example of what everyone is calling UFOs. And, and I think you're absolutely right on that. I really do think you're absolutely right on that. And Peter Davenport has one of the most impressive research libraries going. He's always been nonpartisan. He has always been straight down the middle of what a sighting is and what isn't. And at 80-plus years old, he's still going strong in taking these reports. I mean, if you look him up online and you find his phone number, that's his actual home phone number. You could call it and report something in. And I would say if we want to trust anybody right now with sightings and reports, Peter Davenport from New Fork would be the most unbiased out there. 
and he's not tied to any government agencies either, which is also nice to him. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we obviously have MUFON and a few others to choose from, but we know that at least with this topic, you need something that is neutral. And when it comes to things that demonstrate flight characteristics that are unusual, you need somewhere to report. And his feeling that it's something otherworldly that is demonstrating that kind of potential, I have to agree with in some way. I know it's a strong statement, but once you start seeing these things and the way they move, you want an agency to report to, to see if there's anything possible, right? I mean, you want an agency to see if they can make it just a mundane explanation. You can go back to your regular day, but if it's within that four to 5% of unexplainable, you might start losing sleep at night. What do you think, Dave? Oh, Hey, you know what? If 5%, of all UFO sightings are real UFOs, that's still a lot of sightings, Tim. A lot of sightings. And when we return on the UFO report with little Timmy Senor, all right, the USO, UFO craze seems to be cashing in on some sorts. And disappearance of a hiker who was found in a vibrating cane near Area 51. We'll talk more with Tim Senor next on the UFO report. Are you getting feedback from me tonight? No. Are you? Well, I wasn't sure because I was messing around with stuff underneath my desk. And oh, you're messing around under the sure. desk kind of guy. <laughs> I have limited space under here. I was trying to fix some lighting, as you may have heard, and your audiences can see. Three days in a row now. In the blue light. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You didn't even comment on it tonight. It's great. You're almost used to it. Your audience is like, yep, Tim's in the dark now. Oh, it actually looks good. It looks good. You just need some light under your chin. That's all. <laughs> hey, there's the voice of the gods, Mr. Eon, making his monthly appearance to this show. That guy. Mm-hmm. Beautiful human being. You know what? I'm going to tell tell you right now. I have a, I have a uh, bone to pick with one of our people who tuned in. Oh, let's pick that bone. All right. Yeah. Uh, Where is it here? It was on our YouTube channel. Um, Let me see here. I'm going to find it here. Yeah. I'm wearing some SOR swag tonight, by the way. Nice. Very nice. You look good in it. You look it. you look good in it. You do. In the dark. Yep. Looking swell. Yeah. Yeah. Very comfortable. Uh, maybe maybe the guy you were oh maybe the comment didn't make it. Um Tell me it. Oh, some guy was insulting you because, <laughs> because uh, of you, you previously being on with Thomas Fessler. And I guess this person doesn't like Thomas Fessler and th- oh, and thinks that you're, you're a complete stooge. Uh, 
uh, in the UFO world. So I kind of put something really sarcastic on there because I, I get a little bitchy when that happens. Yeah, and, don't think it's that hard. You're thinking way too. Oh hard. no, I love I see. That's one thing people don't know is I love be getting really sarcastic uh, with uh, yeah. with some. If you're gonna put, if you're gonna take the time to put something idiotic on my uh, on my uh, um um on my uh, YouTube page. Be prepared that it's going to come back. All right, be prepared oh, that old Davy so that Davy's going to strike. Okay, because I don't like stupid. Okay, and number two, don't ever, ever, ever take a shot at my friends on my channel. Okay, oh. yeah, that's that just doesn't work well with me, and. uh um, and plus it doesn't, it goes over my head too. Like I'm that guy that like literally doesn't care. <laughs> I I don't really. Yeah. I grew up in a weird, in the weird world of movies and film where you expect to have critiques and you've got to have critics. If, if everybody likes you, then there's something's wrong. And if everybody hates you, something's also wrong, but. Oh, I know. You know, it's just I it's know. so weird. I don't even engage. You're, you do, though. I get it. Oh, yeah. I, I just like, love being able to. It, 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 it's just nobody nobody messes. It, it's like it's like that Vanessa lady in our chat room tonight. She comes into our room every now and again, and it's not love v. love Vanessa. It's a different Vanessa. Okay. Yes, more than two Vanessas in this world. And, you know, she starts ragging on our Keith. Nobody rags on our Keith. That man has been bullied his entire life, and he's got a safe haven here, okay? And if you're going to come into my chat room, I thought our, our mods did a great job in handling her and telling her to back off and everything, and uh, so good job to the mods on that. But yeah. no, nobody gets bullied this is, here. Like This is the Woo channel. Come on, that's what we tune in for. You know, I mean, is, you got to be a fun. real internet tough guy or tough girl, to sit there and insult someone you don't know personally on on a YouTube channel. And such a sweet person. Like, oh, if yeah. you can't tell just by looking at that dude and listening to him talk that he's the sweetest human on the planet. I know, right? Why would you take a shot? It's like. Exactly. Ugh. Exactly. So All right, Tim, hold on. We got like five seconds. Thank you to our super chatters. Remember. No ugly swag on our store, so go shopping at spacedoutradio.com. Here we go with the final half hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate you tuning us on in. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag. 
Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on Patreon at the SOR Space Travelers Club. Tim Senor in the UFO Report. Apparently, Ring is cashing in on the UFO craze to promote its surveillance dystopia. Hey, why not add disclosure to dollars to Amazon's <laughs> Ring now? Yeah. Yeah, and also Amazon just successfully launched its own version of Starlink today. So Amazon is in the game, and they're obviously curious about UFO. The million-dollar sighting contest is going to reward people for putting up cameras in their home and capturing irrefutable proof of extraterrestrials. Now, obviously, they're saying million-dollar sighting with irrefutable proof from a ring camera okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes ChumbaCasino.com. No by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dave, before we even dive in, you can see there's probably some loopholes in this concept. So Amazon has a new plan to promote its ring surveillance cameras by paying people who use their intrusive cameras to capture proof of alien life. The contest, called Ring Million Dollar Sighting, will run during the spooky month of October. So one lucky contestant will win a million bucks, but only if they capture scientific evidence of extraterrestrial sighting. Hilarious concept with a ring camera. I'll just say that one more time. Sensors have been picking up rogue signals from neighborhood nebula. Might be nothing, might be something, explains the contest website. Anyone who who's set up cameras in their home has a chance to enter and win the big prize. But according to Amazon's strict definitions, users must have trouble, or I'm sorry, users may have trouble claiming the prize. So the contest is its latest scheme to make people think of ring cameras as wacky and fun instead of frightening and paranoid. <laughs> And so in 2022, it launched a television show called Ring Nation. And that's like America's Funniest Home Videos, but from porch cams. And so now it's originally sold as a safety home device. Ring is definitely hoping to violate your neighborhood's privacy and deliver some footage to, who knows, crop circles. Maybe <laughs> some sort of abduction that takes place right in front of your home that isn't an actual Amazon package abduction, right? Because we know that that happens probably more often than alien abduction. Dave, please, your thoughts right off the top. I, have, I know it's a promo. 
I have a couple things to say about this, man. It is a Please. it is a brilliant promo. Absolutely brilliant okay. taking the UFO story and making it into something. So many times we see companies prior to the last couple of years staying completely away from anything UFO or cryptid. And then a number of years ago, Jack Link's Beef Jerky hopped on with the Messing with Sasquatch commercials, which are still brilliant. Okay. And then Tic Tac with the Tic Tac. And then Tic Tac finally kicked in because somebody really thought, well, Tic Tac UFOs and we make Tic Tacs and gee, there might be something there. (laughs) And then they finally did it. But, you know, you see a lot more branding around aliens and UFOs now because it's popular. Okay. So the fact that people are, are tagging ring with their weird camera, uh, their weird cameras uh, that whatever they've caught, whether it's butterflies or lizards or snakes or whatever, I think it's brilliant advertising because there are people who believe they've caught some UFO action over their house, courtesy of their ring camera. Right. And, you know, Thinking about Ring for a second, do you ever remember when these guys got turned down by the sharks on Shark Tank, and then Shaquille O'Neal invested in them, and then they sold to Amazon for like a billion dollars? Brilliant. Such a great story. But seriously, if I was a company like Ring, I would totally use this to sell, hey, our cameras are picking up UFOs. Okay, you you buy some TikTok footage for say a, a you know it doesn't matter how bad it is, but you buy some TikTok footage or some YouTube Shorts footage for really cheap from people because they're just going to be excited that you're using their video for an advertisement. I mean, you probably get it for anywhere from a couple hundred bucks up to a grand per video, and then you use that as an advertising campaign. And look what people are catching. On, on our ring cameras. That's going to sell yeah. more. It's a brilliant idea. There's nothing wrong yeah. with this. This is good well, capitalism. I, I love your excitement. And I just wanted to break in here because don't you feel they've missed a trick for October? This would be ideal for a ghost cam. I would think ghost cam maybe even more than UFO cam. Only because, it you know... you. They're asking for scientific proof. That's going to be tough for a, you know, a doorbell cam for something that is more than likely very far away. Oh, right? I, uh, I understand. Cam, Nobody said the marketing teams for were, ghost video. You're right. Nobody said the marketing teams were smart. Okay. All I'm saying is it's brilliant that it. it's finally that it's finally got there. But you're right. Maybe, but on the flip side, that maybe they didn't want to do a cheesy Halloween puff puff type story. Right, a million dollars up for grabs to somebody that has scientific proof from their ring cam of extraterrestrial presence. Dave, do you think anyone's going to cash in on that? I want. I, I'm serious. I know the guy. I want Science Bob, who has claimed that he's got. Ring cam footage. We got to get this to Science Bob because when he drops his resume on them with his camera footage from his ring, 
Science Good Bob point. could be a million dollars richer. You just brought up the one person that probably could win this. I think I think Science Bob could really seriously win this. And All right, we need to partner up with him. Let's just send him hey, a ring, like let's remember ring cams all over his th- house. This is my idea. So I, <laughs> I, if Bob wins, I want a share of this. Okay, I want I'll to take share a little of this. tidbit, a little Tim bit. You take a little that. Tim bit. I'll take an ice cap. Science Bob is buying, but seriously, we gotta let it. Science Bob know about this. Seriously, I think that's just. Yeah, he would be the guy if anyone's going to have legit scientific evidence from a ring cam. Because I know, well, he and Lala seem to have some luck with, I'm not sure if they're using Wise Cams or which uh, company, but they do have some cams I know they use that they collect some orbs from. I've seen the videos and they're pretty exciting. So You know what? Speaking of orbs, just quickly off topic. One of the no, no, gu- that is on topic. This is the UFO report. One of my guys at, at my daytime job, we call him Hoops, okay, because uh, okay. he loves eating these, these uh, I don't know what the hell they are, but they're in shapes of little hoops. They're like potato chips shaped in little hoops, and they're called Hoops. And uh, hmm. so I call him Hoops. You call him what he eats? I do. Call him Hoops. What would we call you? Nuts. I don't eat nuts. No, no, seeds. Seeds. Spits. You're always eating the... I, I'm a spitter. Yeah. Not a... got <laughs> oh, you're a sick man. Anyways, our main man, Hoops, okay, shows me this video that he got off his ring cam. Hmm. In his backyard, he filmed. It looked like... It, it looked like snow, except it wasn't snow. It was orbs, and you could see the orbs moving almost like there's wind outside. But the problem is there is no wind because his clothing is hanging on a clothing string and not moving. Hmm. And you got thousands. You know when you when you see the these videos of these orbs where it's like, there's like tens of thousands of them. And you're like, okay, that's yeah. dust. That's dust. This was taken in the middle of the night. Okay. And you could literally see that there is no wind. Like there is proof. There is no wind blowing these orbs around. And they are swirling and twisting around much like, um, much like, uh, like, like an ocean pattern. Of the tide coming in and out. It was totally, totally weird. That sounds cool. That sounds amazing. I mean, my thing is asking for evidence from a single source, right? Ring. I mean, come on. They're going to have to be pretty loose with their rules. But um, a ring camera is basically a doorbell camera. So that when somebody walks up to your house, you can see the person that's ringing your doorbell. Yes. And that's why it's called the ring camera. And it's um, not high resolution. It's an IR, right? Uh, So it's black and white, which can be odd. Mm -hmm. You know, something up close can look like it's far away. 
very easily. I've had people come up and show me ghost videos and I'm like, is it this insect that's spinning its web in the foreground or is it something else in the frame? And they're like, no, no, that's the ghost. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a that's a moth on the actual camera. It's a grasshopper, man. It's a grasshopper. I mean, and it can look strange. You know, I've seen things that look strange at night on my camera and I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, what is that? And then I'm like, oh, it's a bug. Right. But at the same rate. Some things aren't dust and not bugs. And if you capture something incredible with your ring cam, cash it in now. This is the month yeah. to do it. We got to get a hold of Science Bob about this. This is imperative. All right. Final okay. story of the night. Disappearance of a hiker near Area 51, but there's high strangeness going along with this, Tim. That's right. And so a recent article from Anomalian.com is about Kenny Veach who was a 47-year-old hiker and YouTuber who vanished in 2014 after exploring a strange cave near Area 51, the secretive military base in Nevada. So Veach claimed that he felt a strong vibration coming from the cave, which was shaped like a capital letter M. And he documented his findings on his YouTube channel, and received many comments from curious viewers who urged him to investigate further. However, his third attempt to locate the cave proved to be his last, and he never returned home from this expedition. So what happened to Kenny Veach? Well, the secrets of the cave are yet to unfold. So Area 51 is the well-known hotspot for conspiracy theories, as many people believe it to house extraterrestrial technology, and evidence of alien life. So the base is highly guarded and restricted, and its activities are also highly classified. So due to its extreme level of secrecy, Area 51 has attracted many adventurers and researchers who want to uncover its mysteries. Well, one of them was Kenny Veach, who stumbled upon a peculiar cave near the base in 2014. So Veach first mentioned, excuse me, first mentioned his discovery in a comment on a video titled Son of an Area 51 Technician by Serious Disclosure, a group that studies UFOs and extraterrestrial phenomenon. And he writes in a quote, One time during one of my hikes out by Nellis Air Force Base, I found a hidden cave. The entrance of the cave was shaped like a perfect capital M. I always enter every cave I find, but as I began to enter this particular cave, my whole body began to vibrate. And the closer I got to the cave entrance, the worse the vibrating became. Suddenly, I became very scared and hightailed it out of there. So Veach's comment sparked interest among other viewers who asked him to provide more details and evidence of his encounter. So Veach obliged and uploaded a video of his second hike, where he tried to find the cave again. However, he was unsuccessful and only encountered some wildlife. Despite his failure to locate the cave, Veach was determined to try again and planned a third expedition. Some of his followers encouraged him to do so. And so he warned they may have others may have warned him not to go. However, he had one ominous comment that read, No, do not go back there. If you find that the cave, if you find that cave entrance, don't go in, you won't get out. He had, so Veach ignored the warnings and set out for his final hike on November 10th of 2014. 
And so he brought a gun and a video camera and recorded his journey in a, in a, a video titled M Cave Hike. And he told his family that he was going out on a short overnight trip, that he would be back soon. And so he, however, never came back. And a few days later, his family reported him missing and a search operation was launched. So the search was hampered by harsh weather conditions and dangerous terrain. And after several weeks of fruitless efforts, the search was called off. So his disappearance sparked many theories and speculations among his followers and others online. Some suggested that he had found the cave and entered it only to be met with some unknown fate. And so shortly before his disappearance, he had quit his job to sell inventions, an endeavor that hadn't been very successful. So there's a lot of conspiracies surrounding this disappearance, but the proponents of this hypothesis believe that the M cave was discovered and an entrance, you know, to some sort of secret top secret government facility and possibly due to its close proximity to Nellis. And maybe he made his way onto the base through this cave and never made his way back out. And maybe he met with ET somewhere along the way. You know, and there are some videos still out there from his explorations, and this still is an open uh, mystery. You know, none of the theories have proven to be uh, confirmed, and uh, no credible evidence has come forward or witnesses on this case. So, what are your thoughts, Dave? I know it's dangerous exploring caves and mines, but this one had some aliens potentially inside it well what do you think i can tell you one thing i want to find this cave and and you will know why i want to find this cave <laughs> all right this this would make a great television show just putting it out there you know but honestly tim uh, mysteries like this happen quite a bit okay and because it is nevada and there are a lot, you know, much like uh, other states, uh, there's a lot of caves in the in the mountain systems. doesn't matter whether there's trees around or whether it's desert like Nevada. Okay, the other thing, too, is the dangers of being in one of those caves. You know, never mind the potential of rock collapses or, or um, holes opening up within the mountain. Okay, you have to deal with predators like wolves, coyotes. Uh, in Nevada, you have to deal with rattlesnakes and other poisonous insects, scorpions. Okay, where are they going to go when the weather gets bad? They go inside and they go into the ground. There's a good chance that uh, he died of a snake bite and then the coyotes tore him apart, spread him all around. That could have happened, as grotesque as that sounds. That's a large possibility, to an easier possibility to understand besides aliens. But you know what? It's his own fault, and I hate to say this, because too many people want to go out on their own. It's all about them. And I can understand that, and I can appreciate that. But you have to be safe. And that's why, like even with our own little project, Tim... One of the first rules we made, if we're in the forest, nobody goes out alone. 
Nobody takes trails alone. We're not doing alone things because that's when danger happens. That's when bad things happen. So I think what happened to this guy is something natural. Maybe he was depressed and decided his time was up. Or maybe there is something real about the aliens near Area 51, which I doubt. I want to believe. Definitely want to. But I think on this call, my my sanity says there was no hard uh, uh, alien facts. It wasn't about aliens. He may have panicked, may have been bitten by a snake, maybe decided that was enough and took his own. And then the coyotes and other scavengers came in there. I don't know, Tim. Your thoughts? I think he... Well, so, I mean, there were a couple of clues that that cave may have gone on for miles down into the earth. Maybe if he refound that cave, he explored it. And maybe that did lead to parts of Area 51 or, you know, an underground portion of the base. And he was met by whoever was down there and it's just a no go zone and he was never heard of again. He saw too much. That could have been it. Maybe too. that's what could have been it too, man. We'll never know unless he comes back to speak. Right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the mystery. Tim, always a great time with you, my man on spaced out radio, another great UFO report. And so excited to talk to you again about all of this stuff, man, because it just gets better and better each and every time. It's been fun. Thanks for having me. I will get my lights fixed so I'm not in the dark. I promise. Uh, You'll also come out of the closet as well, my friend. It's about time, too. We appreciate you, Tim. And we say hello to Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal. Rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up. For the guitar god himself, special thanks to everybody listening in. At work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be, thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night, Mister Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your sheets are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
a laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.